Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, January the 13th, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. British manufacturers say that adapting to a new trading relationship with the EU poses the greatest risk to their 2021 business plans. That's despite the two parties agreeing a last gasp trade deal in late December. According to a major industry survey carried out by PwC and Make UK, businesses will again be faced with a myriad of challenges this year after months of adapting to COVID-19 containment measures. However, with a vaccine on the horizon and adjustments to working practices and supply chains already largely in place, manufacturers' greatest concerns are around potential customs delays, increased regulatory costs and pressure on input costs due to Brexit. After much anticipation, the African Continental Free Trade Area came into effect on January the 1st, having been pushed back six months from its initial implementation date. All African Union members but one, Eritrea, have signed the deal, and 34 out of 54 signatories have ratified the agreement, which eliminates tariffs on 90% of goods produced on the continent. But for the FTA to be successful, bankers have told GTR that countries must address more nuanced non-tariff barriers and build regional value chains. A raft of new US sanctions guidance and designations made 2020 a challenging year for banks involved in trade finance. And though the overall value of financial penalties handed out was low, legal experts don't expect an easing off under the incoming Biden administration. The total value of settlements and fines paid to the Office of Foreign Assets Control, the US sanctions regulator, was $23.6 million last year, a substantial drop from 2019's figure of nearly $1.3 billion. But lawyers have told GTR that financial institutions and trading companies should not interpret that as a policy decision to relax enforcement. Twenty twenty was a chaotic year for trade and trade finance. There was a string of fraud scandals and allegations, and COVID nineteen lockdowns had a severe impact on global trade. The GTR editorial team ramped up our efforts to ensure we stayed on top of all the trade finance news that matters. And we thought in this week's episode we'd give you a breakdown of our most popular articles in twenty twenty. Reporter Maddie White analysed our website data and wrote a piece for our news site last week on the five major themes that drove readers' interest. I spoke to her earlier to find out more. So the most popular topic on our website in 2020 was commodity finance fraud, following several allegations and cases of fraudulent activity that came to light across Asia and the Middle East. It all started in March, when Singapore-based commodities trader Agritrade International was accused of massive systematic deception by an ING court filing. Not long after, um, Singapore oil trader Hin Leong collapsed and then three other oil traders, so Zenrock, Hontop and Sugi Energy, were also at the centre of fraud allegations by banks. So the scandals have left banks nervous uh, and in the case of Hin Leong, for example, liabilities to banks and other creditors totaled uh, total around three and a half billion. Um, 
So now we've been reporting um, on how banks are rethinking their commodity and trade finance units with um, ABN AMRO, for example, withdrawing entirely from the business. COVID-19 and how it impacted trade and trade finance last year was invariably another well-read topic. When did these stories really start picking up and what sorts of stories involving the pandemic did particularly well? So yeah, the stories that uh, started picking up when lockdown measures began to be imposed, so that was around March. We reported on the fall in demand for certain goods as well as the spike um, for other in demand for other types of goods like uh, PPE and medical equipment. In general, it was a very uncertain time for exporters though. Um, and as such, we saw governments around the world issuing various loan packages to support businesses and export credit agencies also um, issuing billions of dollars in support. And then towards the end of the year, we were beginning to hear about vaccine breakthroughs and we were reporting on that. Um, so on the back of that kind of news, um, GTR reported that Deutsche Bank um, put out a report uh, predicting that trade finance activity will turn to pre-crisis levels by the middle of this year. And at the same time, banks were also issuing finance, sorry, to support the purchase of COVID-19 vaccines and equipment. Um, so the Asian Development Bank's trade and supply chain finance program um, unveiled a $500 million facility to do that. And Maddie, why do you think tech was another hot topic on the site? So tech became even more essential to those involved in trade throughout last year. Um, and as we saw everyone move to remote working, that meant that negotiations had to go to Zoom and digital solutions such as electronic signatures and platforms which offer digitised documents were had to be embraced to ensure deals could be virtually signed. And so alongside that, which was kind of more essential, GTR also reported on the progress of some more disruptive platforms like Contour, as well as those that were not doing so well. So in June, we saw that um, WeTrade, for example, cut around half of its workforce after struggling to secure funding from several of its investors. And progress was also made on standardization efforts, um, including for the e-bill of lading and also by the ICC's Digital Standards Initiative. COVID-19 obviously threw supply chains into disarray in the early months of the year, and levels of global trade, as we discussed, were severely down from previous years. Amidst all the turmoil, though, geopolitical tensions continue to weigh down on exporters and importers too. Can you explain why this was? So diplomatic relations definitely took a downward turn in 2020. We reported on the US and Australia both taking aim at China over the handling of the coronavirus outbreak, which is of course widely thought to have originated in Wuhan. Australia and China's tiffs spilled over into trade, with China imposing tariffs and blocking measures on certain commodity imports from Australia. Then elsewhere, we saw the US face a polarising presidential election that would see um, a record number of votes counted for several days and which culminated in Joe Biden being declared the winner. And then in Europe, a Brexit trade deal between the UK and EU was eventually agreed on Christmas Eve, a deal that is better than nothing, as reported by GTR. And finally, Maddie, what topic rounds off our list and what drove readers' interest? 
So even with a pandemic and a lot of other things going on, sustainability did still remain a popular topic on the GTR site. Last year, governments, banks and corporates have all felt the pressure to clean up their investments and supply chains, phasing out fossil fuels from their balance sheets and undertaking stricter due diligence. Readers have been interested in the hypocrisy displayed by some governments that pledge strong domestic climate policies while simultaneously funneling money into overseas fossil fuel projects. And elsewhere, we covered that international banks were being advised to cut ties to meat trading companies in Brazil after a probe by Global Witness and influential campaign group accused them of contributing to deforestation in the Amazon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.